Hey guys, this is Uzi, and you're listening to the Winner Winner Podcast. Morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Winner Winner Podcast. It is interview time again, and I'm sure you guessed it by the opener that we had, and I'm sure that you guessed that we have a pretty special individual on tonight. So first, I'm going to introduce us, the Winner Winner crew. My name is Mike, aka MTB Trigger, and with me tonight, I have the one and only Kev, aka the One Heart. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Uh, just been enjoying BGC. It's been pretty insane the past two weekends. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I can't believe esports for uh, PUBG has come this far. I'm with you, man. It's been kind of unreal. I don't think we want to spoil anything on this one, but there's been some unreal games and matches and comeback stories in the PGC, so pretty fun to watch. To be fair, Mike, I don't know if we can spoil something with a podcast format, at least not on our schedule, you know? That's true. That's if you're true. listening to this now, this thing is like history, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is not coming out for, for a week or two. Fair point. Fair point. So one of the things, too, like we, we don't actually track our firsts so well on the show. And when I was putting this together, in the show notes, I realized that we actually might have two tonight. So I'll have you help me verify, Kev. The first one's kind of interesting and definitely not intentional, but this is actually going to be our first female guest on the show. Wow. And yeah. Well, hey, you have to remain quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring you in. Oh, was I not supposed to wait? I was supposed to wait until you introduced me? <laughs> no, no, you're good. no, 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 you're good. But, and the other one that I was originally thinking about is that this is our first veteran that we're going to have on the show. Were you aware of that? I was not aware. Both are pretty good first to have, probably a little late on both, but pretty great. I agree. So I think uh, without further ado, I think let's announce this. So tonight joining us is fellow PUBG partner, a Discord partner, and a United States Air Force veteran. Looking forward to chatting with you tonight. Welcome, Uzi how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're super excited to talk to you about PUBG, gaming in general, the Air Force. But before jumping into all that, can we talk a little bit about your gamer tag? Because I know it was Uzi Princess 89. Yeah. Now I see Uzi or Uzi 89. And I'm intrigued about kind of where the name came from. And it seems like mm -hmm. a transformation is happening. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, I just tell people the short answer is Uzi Princess was an old Reddit username. The account doesn't exist anymore, but I had a dog before I enlisted and her name was Uzi. And so I gave her, she's a wiener dog. And so I gave her to my mom to look after when I was in basic training. And then when I got out of basic training and went to my first duty station, she didn't want to give her back. So that dog lives with my mom now. And that's where the name came from. When I named her, I got her as a puppy. She was six weeks old, I wanted her to have a unique name. And I was like, what if I name her after a gun or something? That'd be kind of cool. And I just didn't really put that much thought into it. And so when I went to create my Twitch account, I want to say it was December of 2017 or something like that. I couldn't think of anything. So I was like, I'm just going to use this old Reddit username and I'll just go by Uzi. So I noticed that on your Twitter, there's a dog, a pup, I'm not sure the age, mm -hmm. that tends to dominate the content. Yeah, that's Kiwi. 
Oh, that's Kiwi, yeah. right? So that's new dog. Yeah, I've had her uh, five or six years now. I got her when I was still in, and she's she's been with me ever since. She's a good dog. I adopted her from a shelter, and she is a Chihuahua wiener dog mix, we think. So a Chihuahua. Okay. She has this like overbite is kind of her appeal. So she's several of my tier one emotes. Like you said, she dominates the content. People love Kiwi content. It's funny because when I first saw like Kiwi and some of the Discord stuff or other places that you have Kiwi in there, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think she's from New Zealand. No. Oh, well, she actually came with that name. Oh, really? She came with that name at the shelter. I just thought it was cute. She was this little brown thing. And I never ended up renaming her. I thought the name Kiwi was cute. So the girls at the shelter came up with that one. That's cool. Yeah. We kind of gave your 10 second summary of some of the things that you've been involved in. Mm -hmm. And typically, we kind of open up the floor a bit for our guests to give some background. So I guess... I want to start with that because I know the Air Force can definitely have some interesting travel involved with it, but let's start it with, you know, where you're from, where are you at now? Um, I'm from Seattle originally. I was born there. We moved a lot when I was a kid. My dad had a job that moved us around a lot, so that was brutal. And we ended up back in Washington and right outside Seattle, uh, graduated high school there, Um, went to college in Oregon, Oregon State University. And dropped out, joined the Air Force. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny because one of the questions I was going to ask you was my experience with people that are specifically in the Air Force or who have parents that were in the Air Force, Mm -hmm. they moved around a lot. So you said that your dad moved around a lot, but was that related to service or is that something else? No, he was in banking. Um, His dad was Army. So and then my mom's dad was Marine Corps. So they were both military brats. So my dad, he ended up in business and he got an MBA and ended up in banking and that's what he ended up doing. Gotcha. So and so were you stationed all over the place though? Did you move around quite a bit? No, I actually uh I was only in 4 years and so I was stationed at Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington. They just happened to put me back in Washington even though I'm from there. Um that generally doesn't happen a whole lot, but sometimes it does. And I was there for 4 years. I had one TDY, which is a temporary duty. So it's kind of like a deployment to Curacao. It's a tiny island off the coast of Venezuela. And we were there for a counter-narcotic mission. So I was a cop. And we also did security for aircraft and important stuff in the military. So we were just pulling security for aircraft while we were on this like tropical island. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Made a lot of money. It was good. So so that's it. So I didn't go anywhere else with the Air Force. I wasn't in that long. So And was that... And again, I you have to forgive me. I don't know a ton about military careers and ranks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So is that by choice or was it time to be done? Or can you explain that a little bit? It was time to be done. Um, I had some stuff going on. I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2016. It was just time. And I was in a toxic unit and I was just ready to be done. I don't know, but... It was yeah, basically... I mean, like any toxic work situation... In some ways, it's like any other job. It was just a really toxic environment. And I just needed to get out of there, you know? It wasn't the best place for women. It it just wasn't. My unit was like 10% female. And generally, the rest of the Air Force, like medical jobs, dental jobs, office jobs, stuff like that, those are generally not as bad. But when you work in law enforcement and kind of like get your hands dirty shift work type thing, it's not the best environment for women. Yeah, I can only imagine that that's a pretty male-dominant field. 
Was it a relief when you got out and were you planning on doing anything else like yeah. being a cop at home or anything or were you kind of just done with that environment at that point? You know, well, when I got out, like a month after I got out, my dad died really suddenly. And so that kind of took over my entire life. I hadn't really had a chance to try and get into law enforcement on the outside, you know, but... I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's okay. I've applied to a million security positions in my area. <laughs> I'm just kind of waiting to hear back. I'm kind of on like a job hunt right now, you know, so... I've been watching the Twitter song. Right, that. exactly. <laughs> it's, dude, it is, you know, sometimes I'm like, fuck, like, why did I... Oh, sorry, <laughs> Let's let's start Don't a counter stop. of how many times I say the <laughs> F word. But um, it's difficult job hunting. It's really, really difficult. So have you been working other jobs recently or? No. No. I have that. Technically, I still have this part time job at a, re- a local retail place, but uh, I'm going to be quitting that. They scheduled me for like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Thanksgiving. And I was like, nah, you know, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it doesn't Yikes, seem worth man. it for a part-time. Yeah. Which is what they'd like part-time for. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't give me hours for like three weeks, you know? So I'm like, this isn't even worth it. I don't even know if I want to put it on my resume, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe just leave it off, right? Just put it in the trash can or something, I don't know. I have a couple of those <laughs> that I'm just not going to remember. We're just going to throw them away. Yeah, the job pound is brutal. At this point, I have 10 years of restaurant that I'll just leave out, you know? Yeah, civilian life is hard. <laughs> In the Air Force, like, well, just the military in general, all your doctor's appointments are made for you, all your dental appointments, your paycheck arrives on the 1st and the 15th every month, you get money to buy uniforms if you need new uniforms. You generally have a set schedule. So it's just like, when you get out, you're like, what do I do with myself? I don't have anyone telling me what to do, where to go or anything. It's weird. And so what did you end up doing when you first got out and and for a little while after that? Well, I worked at a gym briefly, but like my dad was only 65 when he died and he was so sudden. Like he died of a heart attack in his sleep and my mom found him in the morning and it was like a nightmare. So like I took myself in Kiwi. I moved us across the country from Washington to South Carolina. That's where they ended up buying their retirement home. They had already left Seattle a couple of years prior. I moved there to be with her and I got a job at a gym, but I was just like not ready in the grieving process to have a real job at that point. So I only worked there for like maybe a month or two, I think. Um, I didn't even put it on my resume again. (laughs) So that was the entirety of 2017. Just me trying to figure out what to do with myself because I basically just left this job that was my entire life for four years. And then I also lost my dad and like the second I turned around, you know what I mean? So I met my fiance when I was driving from Washington to South Carolina, and we ended up in Jackson, Mississippi. We were dating long distance. We ended up moving in together. I started my Twitch channel right before he deployed, and that was January 2018. So I told him, I was like, it was New Year's Eve 2017. I was like, dude, I told him, I was like, 2017 has been the worst year of my life. And I have to do something to make 2018 better. And I did. And the Twitch channel, I mean, it grew really quickly. I got partnered on Twitch within 10 months, I think. PUBG partnered with me shortly after that. Discord. So it all happened quickly on Twitch the first year. So 2018 was better. I'm sitting here listening to this. And and one of the things that I'm always I'm sort of like retrospective about when we think about like the people that we've talked to on the show Mm -hmm. and different things that make the interview stand out. And one of the things that I'm just, I'm I'm sort of at a loss for words because it's already happening to me as we're sitting here talking. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason is like you went from a, and we will talk about PUBG. I promise. Oh, yeah. I mean, no rush. You went from, so I mean, you use the word toxic and and we're going to talk about some things that I know you also have some good, there's good that came out of it as well because I know you're supporting um, some veteran organizations and things like that. Yeah. You went from a very stable, to your point, a very like scheduled and consistent environment maybe is a way to say it yeah totally and then you came out of that into some like extremely challenging parts of your life like yeah. losing a family member like i can't imagine that yeah it was chaos yeah so we're two years removed from that so like you mentioned that your fiance at the time well it was still engaged <laughs> Okay, so still fiance. I was like, I may be asking a horrible question. Yeah, no, I met him. I met him after my dad died. So we've been together uh, over two years now. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you're good. We can talk about him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I guess where I was going was I think that there's a lot of people out there. And like today in my Twitch chat, I had someone talk about potentially getting a divorce. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. And there's just these things happen. Life happens to people. Yeah. Twitch is a community and PUBG is a community where there's awesome people in all these little nooks and crannies. And I guess the reason I bring all of that back up and I'm circling back to it is like, how did you get through that? What what were you looking to? You mentioned that you needed to make 2018 great and you started the Twitch channel. Like what what got you through that stuff? What how'd you get through it? Um, barely. <laughs> I am a type of person who throws themselves into work. I'm a workaholic, and so I focused on the channel, and Colby, my fiancé, he was in the Middle East, you know what I mean? And I was obviously concerned and worried that he might not come back. I mean, there's always the chance. And so instead of trying to worry about all that, I focused on the channel. And of course, I liked, I did worry. I mean, you can't like not think about it, about all the stuff that I went through and him being deployed. And, you know, he had sick family members and like all this stuff. And like, he got back from his deployment and we looked at each other and we're like, how did we make it through all this? You know, I threw myself into work. I must be bad luck. Dude, you're not bad luck, man. We learn we learn new things about how to mess up audio like every week. Totally. <laughs> Dude, audio is the bane of my existence. You know, when stuff like that happens, you don't think that you'll be able to handle it until you do. Like I was I was only 28 when my dad died. It was out of left field. Um, completely unexpected. And you just like, you don't think that you're going to be able to handle something like that until you do. And it's been almost, uh, almost three years now. So threw myself into work and I was all about my Twitch channel. I was all about Twitch. And so were you playing PUBG this whole time? And what were you playing at that time while you're, you're like learning to cope with this new, new normal? Uh, what were you playing? What was getting you through, you know, those days? Uh, mostly PUBG. When I started, I actually started on an Xbox. And I played Skyrim and I think like one of the Call of Duties that came out at the time or something. Um, And people are like, wow, your channel's doing really well. You should get a PC. And I was like, well, okay. You know, so I did. I got a pre-built. It was cheaper to buy a pre-built at the time. So I did because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I don't know how to build a PC. So I did and I got PUBG um, and I started playing it and I was bad at it. (laughs) But, you know, now I have... Uh, let's see, probably 16, 1700 hours now. So not that much compared to some of these really good players out here. But but I'm casual. 
you recently posted a video speaking of when you first started playing and that you weren't very good. And I think everyone goes through mm-hmm. that, right? Nobody picks up PUBG and is good, right? Yeah. But you recently posted a video on your Twitter about like the first kills that you captured on stream from like March of 2018. What went yeah. through your mind when you watched that back? You know, I actually went back to look at the clip and it turned out to be like February 7th, 2018. So I was mad at myself for getting the dates wrong. But anyway, a perfectionist. Well, so you got kills a month earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited and happy. I mean, you can see in the clip, I'm like jumping up and down. I, I cringe also watching it because the audio is off. So I'm sure that you guys are sticklers for audio because you have a podcast, but there was like a delay in like what I'm saying and my mouth moving or something like that. And that was like a problem on my channel for like months and I couldn't figure it out. I can't remember how it got fixed. That's such a tedious issue. I've seen I've seen and tried to help people do that. And I've had that issue on like the three times I attempted to set mine up. And then I think it was one of the reasons I just decided I was like, ah, I guess I'm not a streamer. <laughs> I just haven't. I'll just stick yeah, to the podcast. It's you know? difficult, man. I mean, figuring all those like little things along the way. But you look back and you're like, wow, like I've come so far because I started I was like, well, I've been watching Jenna Marbles for years. Yeah. And so she and Julian are the reason, the reason, the reason I started streaming. Because I used to watch them play custom PUBG lobbies when only PUBG partners could do the custom lobbies. You remember that? Yep. Yep. I thought that was hysterical. And they would have so fun. And Jenna would like cry laughing. Um, And I thought it was so funny. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I want to get a PC and play PUBG too. And so I did, you know, and it worked out. So... Since we got into PUBG here, and you recently did a stream to raise money for veteran support, and admittedly, you mm-hmm. and I had talked around the TwitchCon time frame about getting on the podcast, but then when I saw you announcing, and again, things happen, time goes on, and... <laughs> It's stuff yeah, happens. We were both busy. Right. I mean, I was so sick after TwitchCon. I remember that. That's right. Uh, yeah. But I, but I saw this... I don't, I, I don't want to call it a charity stream unless that's what you called it. But No, I, it was. Yeah, yeah so it was a charity stream. stream. And I was really hopeful that we could get you on to talk about it because I thought it was so cool. I mean, I think you even said that at one point you were going to be on the front page of Twitch. I mean, so tell us how that came around. Yeah, so I didn't know how to get on the front page. And I was like too afraid to ask anybody. You know what I mean? Because I like to figure stuff out on my own. So I like, you know, have that knowledge for myself, I guess, kind of thing. Right. And so I emailed Twitch partner support and I was like, hey, I have, uh, I want to do a charity stream for Stack Up. I want to do it on the front page. Can I get a slot between now and I don't know, like Thanksgiving or something like that? I can't remember what I said. And they got back to me and they said I had to pick a date. Um, so I picked Veterans Day and we got that time slot. We got, I think it was like 10 a.m. or something on Veterans Day. We did it for Stack Up. I've worked with Stack Up before. I spoke on a panel for them at PAX South, January of 2019 of this year. So almost a year ago now. And I've worked closely with them for a long time. I know a lot of people who work with them. They've helped me through some tough times. So I was like, you know what? I've never done a charity stream for Stack Up. Let's do this. It'll be perfect for Veterans Day. Let's do it. So they, so Twitch told me yes on the front page. I organized it with Elusive. Um, the Elusive guys helped me raise money for it. They've been great. And we raised... It's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And so tell me a little bit more about Stack Up for for me and for 
um, anyone else who may not be familiar with what they do. They basically raise money to send video game care packages to military members overseas. Oh, that's awesome. If you're a disabled veteran, they have like an application you can fill out. So they will fly you out to conventions. They go to like every video game convention. So that's an option if you're a disabled veteran. Uh, they have the STOP program, which is basically like folks on call 24-7 for like people having a tough time. I personally have used that. They've been very helpful. So they really do a lot for both veterans and current military members. They do a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, dude. I'm sitting here thinking about the video game care package, and I know it's for military members, but there's a few times in my life when I wish I would have had one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they have pictures on the website. You can go see all the packages that they send. Like, you guys know Cauliflower. She streams a lot for them. She'll send, like, signed photos in the packages. Like, it's a whole thing, and they're great. And their CEO and founder, Steve, um, he's a good friend of mine. They just do so many good things. That's really cool. So I guess like it's got that cool tie in. Like I was super curious about why you picked that particular organization hearing you talk about the gaming aspect of it. So it it leads me to wonder, like, did you have access to games while you were in the service? Has gaming been around for your entire life? It has. Let's see. My first video game console, uh, Sega Genesis. And I think my second one was the original PlayStation. I think that was it for my childhood. I think I had a little one of those purple Game Boys that they made for girls. You guys remember those? <laughs> yes. The Game Girl. <laughs> oh, it was the actual Game Girl. I, you know, I don't know. That's funny. I'll have to ask my mom if she still has it lying around. So I think that was it for my childhood. When I was in, I had an Xbox 360 and that was it. I didn't have time for anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was really casual. Played Skyrim and maybe Call of Duty. I think that was it while I was enlisted. How do you go from that to a game like PUBG? And again, I feel like PUBG is one of those games that got a lot of people to go from either casual to hardcore casual or casual to like all in on gaming. But like, what was that transition like going from those games that again, a lot of people play casually to a game that's seriously hard and it's a steep learning curve. And you mentioned Jen and Julian who are still, yeah, you know, they're, they're playing some other stuff right now, but they were major influencers in the PUBG community for a long time and still are really yeah totally um it was a rough transition <laughs> i mean the th i honestly the thing that i struggled with the most going from xbox to pc was the keyboard and mouse i like really struggled with wasd i just hadn't built up the muscle memory or something but i would like mash buttons you know what i mean and like press the wrong key and i know kev's chuckling over there <laughs> <laughs> i'm like a year in and i still do that i just switched last actually around this time last year we're probably coming up to like yeah just about a perfect year here. It just takes so much practice. It's tough. And then it's funny how deep you go because now if I pick up a controller, I'm button mashing there. I don't know what I'm doing. It's like you learn one and then you can't go back and it's pretty funny. Yeah, using a controller feels weird now. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just feels odd. It's not it's like it's not you. It's it's me. I can't use this <laughs> thing now. I used to, but I can't now. Yeah, and I I haven't been on console for a long time and I remember I got a PlayStation for a Blu-ray player, right? I won that convincing argument with my wife, which I'm pretty impressed with myself about still. But we, it came with Modern Warfare 3 <laughs> way back when. And I remember trying to pick that up after playing Counter-Strike for years. And it was just like, this is... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is not going to work. It just didn't go well, so I can't even imagine. It's brutal trying to switch back and forth. Yeah, power to the people who do that all the time. Now, I, I see you playing in squads primarily, and recently that's about the only time I've ran into you in game. Is that the mode that you enjoy the most in PUBG? Squads, yeah. I, you know, I prefer, <laughs> I would rather have it be a squad with like three people who are good at PUBG and then me. You know what I mean? Because I feel <laughs> I feel like uh, that way we're more likely to get a win. So I'm using them. I'm using them for their abilities. But no, I, I really enjoy squads. I really enjoy the banter. I just enjoy hanging out with my friends. They make me laugh all the time. And it helps. I mean, I've been through a lot of stuff. So like them making me laugh all the time, it helps a lot. And maybe you just answered it in a roundabout way. But I was going to ask, like, what keeps you coming back to PUBG? Because I'm sure you get pulled by people in your community into looking at other games and stuff. But like, what is it about PUBG that has kept you all this time? The community. Like you guys, the fact that you guys have this podcast, YouTube channels that are based on PUBG clips and they, you know, feature streamers, PUBG players on Twitter, everyone's in everyone's chats. PUBG players for the most part are not that toxic. So I just feel like the community is really good and I really enjoy it. I feel like I'm part of it. It makes me feel good. Yeah, when the games aren't too tilting and everyone's in like the right frame of mind to get into those games, it's just going to be one of the most fun nights you'll have. You know, maybe all week it's just just shooting it with your friends. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't matter what the outcome is. You're just with good people and you're having a good time regardless. Yeah. If I didn't have good squads and good squad mates to rely on, I think this game would maybe get old quicker just because of how hard it can be some days. But yeah, yeah, it's such a fun game when you got a good crew. I mean, I wake up every day and I want to play PUBG still after, uh, let's see, almost two years of streaming. I don't know. There, There hasn't been a game that has tore me away from it yet, you know? I'm kind of the same way. There's some games that I play offline or there's some games that I, you know, I tried out Modern Warfare. I go try just about anything that comes out what I can. But man, there's nothing that quite has the pull that PUBG does. It's for similar reasons, man. The community is incredible. There's something about getting a good duo or a good squad together, man, that in this game, it just feels right. It's so good when yeah. it comes together. There's nothing like it. I really want to talk about a segment that we normally do on the regular show. We call it Tactical Talk. And it's about breaking down specific scenarios or a topic to get better at. I didn't know that you came from Xbox and... This is a pretty hot yeah. topic among the winner winner community because we have a lot of console players, but we also have a lot of console converts. And recently, we've actually had some people recently switching from console over to PC. And we love all versions of the game because we just love the game in general, but we're obviously PC players now. And we're passionate about helping people get better at the game that we play most often, which is PC. But we also have some phenomenal console players in the Discord that help out there as well. If you were talking to somebody who's trying to get better at the game, what would you tell them to focus on? What has helped you get better at the game over time? Hmm. Play with people that are better than you. (laughs) Playing with good players has helped me so much. When someone who has had a lot of experience in comp and they're willing to just play games with you over and over and over for hours and show you little nuances that it takes literally hours and hours and hours to pick up. It helps a lot. And I'd also tell people, 
make sure that you have good comms because comms are key. So explain that, right? So in in a squad situation, when you say make sure you have good comms, what are you referring to? I think the most important thing is if you're going to shoot at something and you see an enemy, tell your teammates first because... I feel attacked. Do you do that? My bad, dude. Well, you know. Yeah, he's he's like really well known for it. It's not, you know, I mean, it happens. He just runs away, goes ahead. We go, oh, I guess we're following Trigger into battle now. Yeah. I mean, you could at least try to tell your teammates what's going on. You know what I'm saying? My W key is always engaged. Yeah, his W key must have some gum on it or something. I really like 4v3 fights where I cause an intro knock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, if you W key and the people that you play with know that, then that's cool. I want to get back into more comms, but I guess it gets me in more trouble than it does help in squads because I'm a roamer in solos. Squads are hard, dude. They are hard, but I'm a roamer, right? And I know it. And I've actively worked on that piece of my game where I call it out, try to wait for teammates to come up. But my natural go-to is to create an advantage. And the best one that I can usually think of is to create a four on three. But oftentimes, if you shoot and your team is so far away, they can't help you. And then you get knocked from another angle because it's squads. Right. Yeah, you know, squads are hard because sometimes you see something and you run away and you get separated from your team. I mean, we're all guilty of it. You know, we see a crate and we don't say anything and we go for it, you know. Well, if you said something, you might have to share. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, if I were to give advice to a new player, just tell your teammates, you know, if you need help, if there's people on you, if you're going to shoot at something, give them some sort of idea of where it's at, stuff like that, you know? I feel like that's pretty basic. It is, but it's also super important, I think, when we're talking about yeah. squads in particular. And it's a skill that everyone can work on, you know? If you're playing solo... And if you're on stream or off stream, you know, you can call stuff out or think about ways you would describe it. I guess I would ask, like, would you prefer an over communicator with comms or would you prefer somebody who's less spoken but sticks with the group? Mm, can I have both? <laughs> Probably over communicator. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, I think to some of my best games and, and they're usually when everyone is, is firing off call outs the whole time. And, you know, there might be instances where you are just kind of in between fights and you're shooting the shit, but as soon as something happens, everyone kind of shuts up with the conversation and they get to the fight. And mm -hmm. that that is all all you hear in comms is, you know, you don't even need footsteps at that point because they're calling it out so well and so aware of where you are in relation to that fight that they can just tell you around that corner, he's right there. And that helps way more than having to try and listen for the audio or anything else. And, you know, that is why it's so good to play with teammates who know the map very well, know the situations, and then can read them and, and pass them off. So, you know, that just made me think of when you said, like, as a joke almost, play with people who are better than you. It's like, well, yeah, they're going to take that learning curve and make it a lot shorter for you. Yeah. I was only half kidding. Well, when I started playing, I, you know, I mean, pretty much everyone was better than me. It ended up working out for me since I was able to learn from others. Are there any players that, like, this would be a good opportunity to shout out some people that you learned from. You mentioned, like, playing with some competitive players. And I know, like, you were in the Rivals Qualifier Tournament that we also played in. And then I know you yeah. played in our the Winner Winner Tournament we put on. 
So I know you played with some people that have some competitive experience or at least like to play in tournaments. Is there anyone in particular that you'd want to shout out? Yeah, um, probably the person who has helped me the most with my play style and improving is Jimmy Sniper. He's a moderator for me. I'm a moderator for him. He's been streaming a long time. He has experience in the comp scene. He's managed esports teams. So he just has a lot of experience. He's kind of my go-to guy for esports stuff. And uh, Barry Vibes. He's helped me a lot. And I've known Barry a long time at the risk of sounding like a hipster. I knew Barry before he started becoming known as a comp player, you know? And so I'm really proud of him to see how far he's come. He has come so far. I'm so proud of him. They're both good dudes. I'm not familiar with Jimmy other than being shot by him from time to time. Yeah, I'm sure we've seen you on the battlefield. We ran into each other recently and you tried to get your team not to flush me and it didn't happen. So... Me? Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. was nice of me. <laughs> they still killed me, Uzi. Really? <laughs> I don't remember that. You'll have to send me a clip or something. I don't think I clipped it. Or it was it was funny. Oh. I saw it on PUBG report and laughed. Because either oh, we like so, okay. we either flushed someone on your team or we third partied oh. you or something and then we died doing yeah. it. And you were like, Oh, I know those guys. And then like a grenade goes off and we're all dead or something. I don't know. It's funny. Oh. They probably cooked the grenade before I said that or something. Um PUBG report is a gold mine, dude. So I've had really good experiences with it. You know, I've oh. actually <laughs> met some cool people with it. Um That's good. I'm <laughs> I I was hesitant to talk about PUBG Report with you because I'm guessing it's a little more toxic and weird. No, it's okay. No one knows who I am. Nah, it's fine. Well, Uzi on Twitch, it's so like um, neutral. Right. You know what I mean? Because Uzi Princess, it was obvious I was a girl. I mean, that's not why I changed my name, but like Uzi on Twitch is like neutral. They just called me he. Like he's over there. He's over there. You know, when I go on PUBG Report and watch. So I don't think people know who I am. I think you'd be surprised. Well, people used to recognize Uzi Princess a lot. Right. But I changed my name recently, so I haven't had any issues. I don't know. You know, I've had people recognize my name, and I flush occasionally. I play with comp players, so sometimes in pubs, you're going to get flushed by me. Someone was really upset about that, used my name. Hey, Uzi, that really upsets me. The exact terminology used. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how they <laughs> yeah, say it. Right? You know, I don't know. Like, he was disappointed in me or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, but then I've also had people like, wow, nice shot, bro. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, like that particular guy, I went to his stream, and then he comes to my stream now, and... He's a regular. So sometimes it works out, PUBG report. It has the ability to create like really cool connections, which is why I like it. Yeah. And it also has the ability to show you really toxic people. A lot of reports that I've made on Twitch, well, not a lot, maybe like a handful, came from PUBG report. I mean, people using like racial slurs, like other kind of slurs, like stuff like that. You know, I've seen that on there. So I'll report those. But I mean, that's just kind of part of gaming. So right. But that's neither here nor there. I feel like that website really humanizes people, but I mean, mm. it doesn't always show the best sides of humanity. Yeah, you see some real, really low class people, but then you see totally. you see some people that are really cool, some names that you might have seen, and that you know, like you said, they pay you a compliment. You kind of see each other again, and you know, maybe you're on voice comms, you know, in game, and you just say hello. It's always fun when you run into someone that you don't know too well, or maybe you know them mutuals on Twitter or something, but you finally you meet in game. You're like, oh hey. Thanks for killing me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's like, have a nice day. That's happened to me a lot, actually. Those interactions with the game are so nice mm-hmm. that it, it really balances out and overrules a lot of that negativity I find that you get with PUBG Report. That's probably another reason why I've stayed with PUBG for so long. The NA community 
And the EU community. I mean, we all have EU friends, too. Everyone's just nice to each other. Like, most interactions are pretty good. Yeah, and if you're not, you don't last very long. So, it's, it's kept me around. PUBG report in particular, and I agree with you about the NA and EU communities. Like, if you're super toxic, like, you just get flushed out. Like, oh, yeah, those guys play once in a while. Like, yeah, we run into them in game, but that's about it. It was funny. I had an interaction recently on PUBG report where a guy killed me and then he gave me the, I have a TV in my name, sort of as a meme and sort of because I don't want to buy another name change. He's, you know, gave me the old TTV, by the way, and it's someone that was acquaintance, like knew each other. I go to a new stream and it was like, really? You're going to TTV me? Like, GG, nice shot, that whole deal. And then the next day, I get a DM from him and he's like, okay, so I went and watched the PUBG report and I am so sorry for being toxic. I need to learn one from your playbook and just say GG or something. Like, I think he put it together, like who I was or it like clicked for him. And he was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Nice. It has the ability to be a really positive force in the community. And to hear you say that you met somebody through that and now you go to their channel, they come to your channel. I just think it's a really neat thing that we talk about a lot on the show. Yeah. It's a gold mine, dude. It's a gold For both mine. positive and negative. <laughs> That's true. Most of it. Like the toxic stuff, you just have to laugh at because it's like these people forget they're streaming. They said they're really triggered and they said something that they shouldn't have. I don't know. Sometimes you just got to laugh. Right. And I think everybody gets a little salty from time to time. Like we've all gotten killed and been like, come on, man, or getting flushed in a weird scenario. Yeah. And I, w I want to circle back to that because you talked about the flushing thing. So like, what's your take on that? Mm -hmm. Because I go through these waves where I'm like, it really sucks to flush in duos, like let the better team win or- Oh, duos, uh, no. Duos, no. I feel strongly about duo flushing. It's super unnecessary because once you knock one, there's only one more. Just push. Just push the guy and fight. If he flushes, then he's just going to get himself flushed, you know? And then everyone's back in the lobby. So it kind of like ruins the game. But for squads, if they are screaming in all chat and saying something toxic, I'll flush. If they're in the doorway, if they're in my way, I'll flush. If I need ammo or their gear, they're getting flushed. But sometimes I like to leave them up as bait. Sure. If my team, like if we're in like Camp Bravo or something and we're all in different buildings and I don't want one of my teammates to get flushed, like I'll leave them up as a courtesy, you know, because um, I wouldn't want to flush one of their guys and then have my guy get flushed and then it ruins everyone's game, you know? And it seems like I hear everyone say that or like everyone feels the same, but then in recent months specifically, I feel like people are flushing way more. Like, it just seems like if you're downed, they're shooting. And I don't know, maybe it's just the last few weeks. Maybe it's because PGC is live and everyone, you know, is thinking about the pro scene and, you know, you, they down you so you flush. So you need that point, I guess. I don't know what it is. But recently, you know, I've even started doing it because I've just been like, I don't remember a time where I've survived where I was exposed to the enemy, even if it wasn't advantageous really for them to knock me or flush me out. And it just happens like every time now. Yeah. You know, I think part of it is that the NA player base is so small now and there's so many comp players and all the diehards are left. All the comp players and people who play with comp players like me, like flush sometimes or 100% of the time. I think that's part of it. The other thing too, I was watching Swagger the other day and he said, I'm not risking getting flushed. I don't want to be knocked or knock somebody and leave them up. And then I get flushed immediately by his friend. So I'm not taking that risk. So I'm just going to flush regardless. I feel like it became this snowball effect where people were like, oh my God, he's right. Like, I don't want to take the risk either. And the player base dwindling and it became the snowball effect of people flushing each other. I think it just like became the new norm somehow. And I think 
to that point, you saying that made me realize as the player base got better and better. Oh, everyone's insane. Everyone's insane now. It's crazy. Getting kills or having high ADR is much, much harder now than it was six months ago even. And so I think because of that, that leads to more frustration with the game. And so when people get a knock or you get a knock, you're like, oh, I want the kill. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, I had a game the other day on Miramar. It was a duos game and it was zone two and there was like 17 alive. And we were like, what is going on? But you're right. It's so hard to get kills. It's so hard to like get a high kill count now because the player base is just dwindling and people just hot drop and then half the half the lobby's gone in 30 seconds you know yeah there's a stark difference watching pgc right now out of 100 people there's 17 left in zone two to in comp there's 64 players that start the game and a lot of times you're 15 minutes into the game and you're finally getting your first kill on the board from anyone in the whole lobby you know yeah it'll be like final circle and there's like 20 up still like it's insane. Well, and speaking of PGC, do you watch the pro scene at all? Have you paid attention to this last professional cycle? Um, I followed contenders closely just because of Elusive, but I haven't. I think I've only watched like one game of PGC, but I have been keeping up on Twitter. I follow like a ton of pro players and people in the comp scene on Twitter. So what do you see on Twitter that's interesting to you about the pro scene? Um, Basically, I think the one thing that stood out to me was the phase comeback. I didn't see clips or anything like that. I did see a clip of a vehicle flipping in the air, something like that. I don't know if that was... The moon That was the rumblers. (laughs) That was like the other day, right? Yeah, that was on Sunday. Okay, yeah, I saw that. And then I saw the phase come back. So you saw phase come back. You saw that happen. And then you saw rumblers. Right. Uh, flipping the car, right? Right. Yeah. If you get a chance and you know you don't want to watch the whole tournament, uh, I would suggest watching game six, day three of both weekends. And that's it. Because those are two of the most insane esports games I've ever seen for PUBG. Yeah, that's crazy. So much on the line. Obviously, the, the outcomes were pretty nuts. Yeah. These players are absolutely insane, man. Like... Just the skill level, it just blows my mind. Because I'm such a casual player, I just can't even like imagine being at their level, you know? We were in the Twitch Rivals qualifier, and it, you were in that. I would have gotten stomped on if I wasn't with three L- NPLC players, you Oh, know? dude, yeah. I would have gotten stomped on. We gave a couple of them a run for a money in our lobby, but when it came down to the final game, those guys were just driving around, destroying everything. And it was yeah. like, you can't stop them. They literally ran through us. And we were tied for first and in going into that last game and they just destroyed us at the beginning oh, wow. of the game. It was like, there was nothing we could do. And it's just a different level. That's the people that are, you know, some of them were XMPL, some of them were MPLC, but that's in that top tier of player and they're just kind of incredible. Yeah, it was like, it felt like a different game because I was like the odd man out. I was uh, listening to their comms and it was just like, it was so different than playing a pubs game. And I was just trying to like go along with it and trying to keep up with them. <laughs> but their comms are so good. It's like... They keep up with so many things at once. It's just incredible, everything that they do. Do you find yourself overwhelmed when playing with three competitive players? No, because I play with the elusive guys a lot. Uh, I played with Fizzle, Barry Vibes, and Jay all day. And I played with them a lot before. Cole ended up on an... Uh, he ended up playing on another team. Um, elusive had like three teams in the uh, qualifiers. But no, no, I don't get overwhelmed with them just because I know them well. Sometimes I do get overwhelmed if I play with a comp player that I don't know. The calm sometimes, it seems so urgent. 
and you like start to panic. <laughs> I try to like reel myself back in. I'm like, okay, don't panic. He's just like trying to give information, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But sometimes, like I've I've been playing with comp players a lot lately, so I I think I've gotten used to it a little bit. I enjoy being carried. So aside from this Twitch Rivals contender series, like was there other times you've been on Rivals and like what other like unique and maybe crazy things have happened to you because of Twitch or or while streaming on Twitch? Yeah, um, you know, Jimmy Sniper, I mentioned him earlier. He's kind of like my unnamed coach. Well, I guess a coach without the title, so to speak. We did every Twitch Rivals this year, I think, in 2019. Every PUBG Rivals, anyway. So that was kind of our thing. And the money was good at the time. <laughs> you got paid regardless, even if you got last place, you know. It was really fun. There were a lot of streamers doing it. I mean, Choco Taco, Swagger, Hambino, Halifax, all the PUBG heavy hitters were always in them. And it was just fun. It was just a positive experience. They would have like pan only rounds, um, 360 no scopes would be like bolt action only, demo derby. And it was just a really good time. So Twitch has definitely allowed me to do that. Outside of the rivals like ecosystem there, I mean, what, are there other things just on your day-to-day -day stream that are, like have really stood out to you or, or just things that have made your time streaming uh, unique? Partnership helps. I really enjoy having a lot of emote slots. It sounds like a small thing, but people really just love emotes. I'm so jealous. And I love, <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love being able to just have a lot of emotes. I mean, I have my dog. My dog is like five or six of my emotes, I think. And, you know, I have the pink Uzi and that's kind of like my trademark. So I just like having, it's like having like a little bits of your personality and your brand like available for your friends to use. It's just really cool. And I really enjoy having that. That's on the Twitch platform. And I know yeah. you recently tested out streaming over on Facebook. How was that? Yeah. How was that? How was it different? Was it good? What'd you learn there? It was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I definitely wasn't like, wow, I want to switch to this platform or anything. I don't think they quite are there yet as far as like stream quality. I was streaming in 720, I think, and it just, the stream looked bad. Um, it was challenging to make clips. That's a big thing for me. I really, really, really need to be able to clip my kills because I use it for like Twitter content, YouTube content, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Instagram, like I put the clips everywhere. So that wasn't working for me. My community really was not feeling the fact that they would potentially be doxxed, like with using their real like Facebook account. And it's kind of a pain to ask someone like, hey, just make a Facebook page for your Twitch channel and then use that in chat. I mean, so it's kind of like asking your community to do all this stuff for you and it's kind of a pain and you don't really, no one really wants to do it. I mean, I didn't even want to do it. You know what I mean? But I wanted to like test it out, test the waters. I saw that Avery switched to Facebook or didn't switch, but she's streaming on Facebook now. She's streaming PUBG there now. So... I tested it out and it just, it wasn't for me. I mean, no no hate to Facebook or anything like that. I mean, I think that they're going to have their stuff together soon. I mean, Stone Mountain's on there. He has like a million, you know what I mean? So they're doing good. It's just not my favorite. You don't make like a, a gamer tag type of thing that you would use on there. You just potentially are just using your regular name. Like I think as a viewer. You, as yeah. a viewer, you can either use your real Facebook account or you can make a Facebook page. And like use your Twitch handle or something um, and then use that. So you can use either. But when you're streaming, you stream from your Facebook page and you like make it through their gaming page thing. Okay. Yeah. Because as soon as you said the docs thing, I was like, oh, yeah, that does sound weird. Like I wouldn't want to use, I barely use my Facebook as it is. Right. Me too. So I really want to have people know like what I'm up to. Like I want my Facebook just being like, he's playing this game right now to like anyone I know. Like do you have to connect it? That sounds... 
potentially annoying for the people who are in your life because everyone has people in their life who you know through everything but gaming yeah so that part was a little weird for me um i wasn't like completely opposed to it but a lot of my community members were like eh, i don't know about that and i was like you know what like that's fine like twitch is my home anyway and we tried it out and it didn't work and that's okay you know yeah it's it's interesting you're talking about all that because i found that you know when we did some of the interviews and we started doing the podcast and i really thought hard about whether i wanted to share it with like you know my friends and family and, and the people that I've networked with through work when we interviewed Jeremiah from the Lumineers right that's probably the biggest crossover in my world from the gaming to the you know what a lot of people could connect to with the band the Lumineers and that yeah. was part of the thing that went through my mind I was like geez I don't know if I want to share my gamer tag with all these people there and vice versa it's like a weird privacy thing <laughs> like I don't know yeah it's just two different worlds for me well, it's cool that you tried it. I like that you're saying that you think that they're going to, you know, have it together and figure it out soon, which, you know, of any company that oh yeah is in that streaming space, I would imagine that, you know, like Facebook and YouTube, Mixer now, like they're everyone's trying to figure it out because it really is an awesome platform. I mean, streaming in general is an awesome platform. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. We got four mega companies and they all need to have a streaming service. It does get to a point where you're like, do I really want to have to go to all four to like find my, you know, various streamers? that are all over the place and it does get so we're like man can i just stay on twitch right like yeah i tried totally. to watch shroud the other day on mixer and i like looked it up on my alexa and i was like uh, i guess i'll get the mixer app and i like said mixer and it was like do you mean twitch because it's an <laughs> amazon product oh <laughs> i was like oh i guess i can't use that on an amazon product oh boy so, that's funny. <laughs> it's like man i can't even get on there and watch it from my couch you know what the heck that's funny i actually just ran into that today someone was trying to play the podcast one of my friends was trying to play it because they wanted to hear it and it was on their google play and it wouldn't pull up the itunes listing for the podcast so we couldn't do it through their house thing oh boy it's kind of funny we're getting blocked off just because the company's like no not on my product no way yeah it kind of makes it difficult nowadays doesn't it so you kind of teased at it earlier and I tried to get it out of you at the beginning of the show but since we're back talking about your stream and what's going on there talk to me about the name change like can you dive into that a little bit more so I've been Uzi princess for so long but I just felt like it was too many syllables it just felt like a mouthful and everyone calls me Uzi anyway people rarely say Uzi princess unless they're maybe telling a story or something like that oh I played with Uzi princess the other day and blah blah but most people just refer to me as Uzi so and I have been like low-key scouting different variations of Uzi on Twitch for so long because you need to have four characters <laughs> right, right. so I was looking up Uzi underscore Uzi 1, Uzi 2, like all that kind of stuff, but it's all taken because Lil Uzi Vert, the rapper, like all that kind of stuff. So everyone, there's so many variations of Uzi. And so I was like, what if I just drop the princess and I just do Uzi 89? Like that would work. And so I just ended up doing that. And then I changed all my other socials to Uzi on Twitch. And I changed my PUBG name to Uzi on Twitch. I just felt like it was too many syllables. Uzi princess 89. Like that just feels like so long to me. I'd rather just be Uzi. And you just told me something I didn't know because my dream was to drop the trigger and just be MTB because everyone just calls me MTB or they call me trigger. It's like either one, but MTB seems the one that sticks. But you have to have four on Twitch? Four characters, yes. Oh no, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm like, there's always... There's always Heath making fun of you and Americans. MTB Trigger. MTB Trigger. <laughs> he likes to make fun of our, us Americans and our, our hard R's. Roof. 
<laughs> I don't know. I like your name, dude. Well, thank you. Name changes are tough. I just, I honestly like w- w- didn't even think too hard about it. Well, I mean, I'd been thinking about it for months, but I just like didn't pull the trigger on it, you know? And so I just woke up one day. I was like, I'm doing it today, you know? And I just did. And I didn't tell anybody until after, you know, I just made that decision on my own and I just did it. Yeah, it sounds like we have a conversation of three people here who have just had the same <laughs> name forever. And we're like, I guess this is me now. <laughs> yeah, <You right>. <laughs> exactly. I'm the same way. This is what I had on Xbox for a long time. And then. I met a bunch of people and was like, what am I going to just change my, like, what am I going to change it to that, you know, just call me heart or one heart, you know, you get stuck with it. So you're like, ah, just, it's my life now. I'm really glad I didn't do that with my very first username from AOL Instant Messenger. Uh Uh-oh, what was that? It was moving underscore meatloaf. (laughs) I kind of wish you would have kept it. That's kind of lit. It was my Yahoo email, dude. Like my first email was moving underscore meatloaf. You put that on your resume and everything. Oh, yeah. That's why I changed it, man. Because when I started getting resumes out there, I had someone ask. So tell me tell me about your uh, email here. What's what's a moving meatloaf? Mm. Yeah, that's a good PUBG name. It would be a good PUBG name. Someone probably has it, though. Someone's going to have it now. Someone's going to have it now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That should be my like alt account name. Moving meatloaf. Yeah. Oh, hurry up and get it. You got you got from now until release to go and claim yeah, yeah. it for your I got, backup. I got a week week or so to change my uh, second account to moving meatloaf. I do have a second Twitch or second PUBG account. It's a kind of a funny story. I have a second one because the name I went by for so long was um, Trigger Evo, and mm-hmm. that didn't work on Twitch. And so Twitch, when I first made my account, the one I ended up with was MTB Trigger, which was often my account name or like MTB was my clan tags back in Counter Strike, and so. I had to switch everything over, but my first PUBG name, because I figured I could change the name if I wanted to, because I come from Counter-Strike where you can change it just any time, turns out you couldn't change it. So I ended up buying a second account so that I could have the right name. Because at the time, you know, a year and a half ago or however long before the Sandhawk Battle Pass came out, you couldn't change your name. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, you used to not be able to change your name. You had to buy another account. Yeah. You lose all your sweet gear? Man, that would suck. I didn't have any sweet gear, man. I think around the same time as when they finally gave sweet gear out. So it was like, all right, now that we got cool stuff, like maybe we should let people hold on to one account. Well, we are at the time of the show where when we have time, we like to do this with every guest. And so we like to call this segment of the show automatic fire questions and what we're going to do is rattle off 10 to 15 questions in rapid succession kev and i will alternate questions and what we're going to do here is we're going to ask the questions and what we're looking for is the quickest response you can do you know some people slow it down there's some questions that are harder should i be nervous if you're nervous that's okay we want raw real and authentic (laughs) answers which i don't think we're going to have any problem getting from you but that's the goal is we'll we'll ask them in rapid succession and just answer them as they come up are you ready yeah i'm ready all right here we go first question who do you think is going to win the pgc 4 a.m all right, what's your favorite primary and secondary weapon combo in PUBG? Primary M4, secondary uh, mini. Who's your favorite player to play with? Jimmy Sniper. What is your favorite food? Oh, come on, man. That's hard. Sushi. Is there someone who's relatively unknown that you like to watch or lurk on Twitch? Mm, I lurk a lot of people. Um, Maybe just an opportunity for someone else for a shout out that you, uh, you really think earns it. You know what? I don't think Nahawks gets enough love. He's a nutty player, and I don't think he gets enough love. We love Nahawks around here, too. I was just playing with him today. He's nuts. He is nuts, too. He hit some nutty shots, for sure. He's also the nicest, saltiest person I know. 
<laughs> He's so salty. <laughs> He's going to laugh when he hears this. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite map? Erangel. Funniest person that you play with? Probably sneak attack. What is your favorite place to drop? Doesn't have to be your on your favorite map. Military Island. Who's the player that you hate running into in game the most? Frolicker. <laughs> I don't think you've played PUBG NA long enough if you haven't been killed by God, Frolicker. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think everyone has a Frolicker, so like, damn it. He's just solo squatting all day, dude. Everyone has a damn it Frolicker <laughs> moment. Yeah, and when he's soloing in regular solos, he's killing me in paradise, so... What is one thing you wish uh, PUBG would do more of? Listen to the player base when we beg them to get rid of the red zone. What do you wish that you could change about PUBG? (sighs) Well, since I just mentioned the red zone, I guess I'll say all the bugs that crop up when something is fixed. All right. Who is one player that you've never met that you would love to do it with for a few hours? Mime. Since you did so well on favorite food, what's your favorite drink? Coffee. All right. And for our last one here. What is the number one tip you'd give to someone who is new to the game? Learn how to communicate. I'm doing a follow-up last question. I was going to say, we, we've, we've gone over that one a few times, right? What's the mm-hmm. most days in a row that you've gone without coffee? Uh, ever? In recent history. Oh, well, I guess probably when I was in basic training. So two and a half months. Nice. I saw, I just, I'm thinking back to a tweet that you had of the uh, espresso machine or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, it might have been. Oh, dude, I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I was going to ask you a coffee question, but I didn't know if it was just a random random meme or if you really liked coffee. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I'm a coffee snob. I'm from Seattle. Like It's like it's part of our culture, you know? I don't know. Okay. So do you like coffee, like black coffee, or are you like, do you have a drink of choice? Um, I normally make espresso with my espresso machine every morning, and then I put Splenda and some type of creamer in there. That's what I have. Well, you survived the automatic fire questions. That was good. I really like those questions. It's fun, right? Like without missing a beat, Frolicker. I don't want to run into him. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would say Frolicker, man. Dude, he's nutty. And he's like impossible to be mad at. Yeah. I played with him for the first time the other day. He's great. He's a lot of fun. He's such a chill guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you survived the questions. We got into some unexpectedly deep stuff, and I appreciate you talking about that stuff because I know that's probably hard to talk about even today. And then we got into some PUBG, which is where we all kind of connect and meet in the middle, which is awesome. At this point in the show, what I'd like to do is just kind of give you the promotional floor, so to speak. Any shout outs you want to give, let people know what's coming up next. And most importantly, make sure people know where to find you on any and all platforms. The floor is yours. Cool. Well, if you guys want to follow me and you're uh, just now listening to me speak for the first time, I would love to have you on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Uzi89, U-Z-I-8-9. Five characters. I'm on Twitter a lot. I shit post on Twitter a lot. So... Twitter.com slash Uzi on Twitch. Uzi on Twitch on, I think, everything now. Instagram, YouTube, PUBG, Steam. Uzi on Twitch on everything. But uh, follow me on Twitter for my shit posts. I post memes every morning. I think that's it. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So if somebody comes by your Twitch channel, what what can they expect? What are they going to see? Why should they check it out? Probably squads. We love memes. I mean, I alternate between meme games and just laughing and having fun with friends playing with comp players and getting sweaty so you're gonna see a little bit of both you might catch a glimpse of my dog every now and then when she's not sleeping she sleeps her famous 23 out of the 24 hours a day 
So she sleeps a lot. But yeah, it's just me hanging out with my friends playing PUBG. I occasionally play Outer Worlds, if you guys are into that. I love the Fallout universe. I love Bethesda games and obviously Obsidian games. That game is so good. So if you guys are into single player RPGs, I play some of those every once in a while too. So Awesome. I'm just curious, how far into that Outer Worlds campaign are you right now? Um, I rushed through the main story. <laughs> And I am at the point of no return where it's like, are you sure you want to go to this planet? (laughs) So I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready yet because I wanted to do all the side missions first. I'm like very much a completionist when it comes to RPGs. Like I want to do every mission and like explore every nook and cranny first. Because I know it's going to make me start over and the game's going to end when I do the final mission. So I'm not ready for that yet. You know, I'm not emotionally stable enough for that yet. (laughs) Or you just get to that point where you have like too many good weapons and you're like, well, now it's not even fun. You know, just wave my stick and they just kill me. Yeah. I'm into that game maybe like. 10 to 12 hours at this point but i'm i'm taking it super slow love it they did so much with a small budget and the dialogue options are just so good they're so funny and dark at times yeah they're so good Yeah, as soon as i said that my ears perked up i was like oh that is a fun game like and it's so different from pub but i'm it's very so impressed with what they did and well i mean the fallout new vegas was one of my favorite games of all time and so since obsidian did that one and i love the dialogue dialogue options in that one i was like this one's gonna be good so um, yeah, I'm very impressed with that game. Awesome. Well, Kev, any any final thoughts, man, before I close this out here? No, I think it was awesome to meet you and, you know, get to hear your story and how you got into PUBG and the streaming world and, you know, just hearing some of those uh some of those stories about, you know, transferring from something very regimented to having all this time and then deciding you're gonna get into Twitch and, and kinda take that seriously and make that what is regimented for you is you know, it's, it's just interesting and I think there's a lot of people in your shoes that can relate to that. You know, I meet a lot of vets who love PUBG and it's not just because it's like, Oh, it reminds me of anything like no, it's just, you know, I, I love the camaraderie I get out of that game. So Yeah, totally. I think your story will yeah. will relate to a lot of people. It's been pretty cool. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, Uzi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you were streaming. Thank you for having today, me. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Kev, where can they find you, man? Me? I will also be shitposting on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, at the one heart underscore. Uh, I got rid of the live because it's just a joke at this point. I don't stream. So yeah, just find me on uh, Twitter. Find me in the discord and uh, find me in game thirsting you most likely talk shit if you want awesome if you're looking for me my name is mtb trigger you can find me on twitch twitter instagram all the places best place to chat with me about gaming though is definitely on twitch so come hang out there um if you're looking to get in contact with us about the podcast that is winterpodcast at gmail.com you can also join us on our discord at discord dot gg forward slash winner winner podcast i think that's right isn't it kev he's gone uh, the Discord? Yeah. Is it Winner Winner <laughs> Podcast or Winner Podcast? I don't remember. That's a good question. It might just be Winner Podcast. Uh, I I'll say see. both and I'll cut it in whichever one. Hold on. Vanity URL. It is Winner Winner okay. Podcast. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I have to check that. And mostly, <laughs> if you want to get uh, get connected, jump in. Jump there on... Ugh. Man, I'm all messed up. um other content from me you can find me over on the xp gaming podcast it's on youtube under xp oh my gosh i'm just jacked up i don't remember any of my words i messed up you get more weird texts from your uh, stepdad (laughs) and lastly if you're looking for any more content from me i've got a generic gaming podcast with xp media xp media now on youtube 
and we also have the live or we also have the audio only versions up on iTunes and Spotify now. So you can check me out there. We talk about classic WoW, a little PUBG. We'll hit some TFT, some other stuff like that. But mostly for this episode, we want to always thank Spiffy Man for the music. If you're looking to support this podcast, we are on Patreon. Any help there is amazing. Those of you that support are incredible. Even a dollar a month goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going. If you can't support that way, we love, love, love reviews. Those do way more than you could possibly know. So any platform you're listening to this on, five-star reviews would be amazing. If you can't give us a five-star review, please, please tell us why. We always want to get better. We want to bring you more content, better content, and we love PUBG, so we want to get better as well. So thank you so much for listening, and for this episode, that is Winner Winner, out. Winner Winner.